Welcome to episode 32 of Epstop Collaborate and Listen with host Matt Payne. This week's guest is Dan Ballard. I've been following Dan Ballard for many, many, many years, pretty much ever since I got into landscape photography. And uh, he's just been a, an inspiration to me. Um, and I just really love his photography, and I think you will too. Um, we had a fantastic conversation and covered some really sweet topics. Um, and uh, covered some topics that I haven't covered in the podcast in the past. Um, we talked about what it's like living on the road as a full-time professional photographer, um, finding unique locations and the importance of that as an artist to just to create. Um, that, that was a really meaningful conversation for me. Um, the importance of uh, having a lightweight kit because that's also important to me. It's important to Dan as well. Um, and the current state of landscape photography in general. And lastly, um, we talked a little bit about travel photography and how to work with um, human subjects in travel photography, which which is was a great topic of conversation. Um, hey, I just wanted to uh, do a shout out here on the podcast uh, to my Patreon uh, listeners. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for generously supporting the podcast. I'm just going to name off some names because... Uh, I haven't done that yet, so thank you to Mark Handy um, for your very generous contribution to the podcast. Uh, thank you, uh, Perry. Uh, I'm going to mess your name up again, but it's uh, Perry uh, Shalat, I think. Don't murder me. Um, Jack Curran, Del Higgins, uh, Brian Lahit or Lahit, I'm not sure. Um, he'll probably email me about that. Uh, Guido Brandt. Uh, John Lindblom, Kirk Keyes, William McIntosh, Scott Everly, Jeff Peterson, Alexander Otto, Jeremy Park, and my best friend, Silas Music. So thanks so much. Um, as always, uh, feel free to reach out to me on social media, Matt Payne Photography, Matt Payne Photo, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever works for you. Hope you enjoy this week's podcast. Thanks. Dan Ballard, dude, it's so cool to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, man. I'm a when uh, you uh, well, you're a marketing director, which that was impressive. <laughs> when she reached out to me, I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna have Dan Ballard on. And you're on my list to reach out to, oh, and awesome. it was just kind of fortuitous that she did the hard work for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's great, man. It's uh, you've been having some some excellent. Uh, excellent photographers on here it's been really enjoyable to, to listen to the podcast cool man well thanks so much and uh you know i don't know if you remember this or not but uh i wrote an article um back in 2010 or 2011 um on my mountaineering website which is 100summits.com and i and i highlighted what i believed in my opinion to be at the time the 20 best uh, landscape photographers in colorado and you were uh, on that list, so I don't know if you remember I that. Remember or not. that? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I appreciated that. That was, that was awesome. 
Yeah, so so we go back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah man, it's been, been awesome to to follow you know follow you and as you've been growing and you know progressing as a photographer, it's been been great to see. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, definitely got a long, long, lot to learn still, but uh, oh man, yeah, it's all, been fun. All of us. That's how I feel. Just, just like it's just like a constant, <laughs> you know, just like a constant. Like, oh man, so much, so much more to learn. And this, yeah, you know, it's funny, like. <laughs> Like every time I prepare for one of these um, podcasts, you know, I go and I look at the the photographer that I'm going to interview. I look at their their portfolio on their website and stuff, and I'm always like, "Yep, I suck." <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, that's good though. I mean, it's I think that keeps us hungry and it keeps us wanting to learn. And man, and I think that honestly, I think that's partly why I love landscape photography so much, uh, just because it's it's so hard. I mean, it's just so incredibly hard. And, and even, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for, for years and years now and, you know, learning that whole time and, and, you know, every once in a while I'll think, okay, I'm kind of getting it. I'm kind of, you know, coming along with this. And then you'll realize like, wow, okay, I have so much more. Um, and, and, you know, and that is great because it, it keeps you, you know, it just keep, it keeps it exciting. It keeps you, you know, wanting to keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, well, I don't know if other people feel this way, but um, for me, it's like, it. At, on one side of the coin, I I get super inspired and excited to go shoot um, more, and on the other side of the coin, I'm like, I maybe I should just not shoot anymore. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, no. Well, and I mean, these days, I mean, man, I mean, just just the level of photographers out there, it's it's just incredible. I mean, uh, I think people yeah. are able to learn so quickly these days. Um, the gear is amazing, and there's so many people that are just devoting just an incredible amount of time to it. Um, so the level right. is amazing. And, you know, I mean, I know what you mean as far as looking at this amazing work and saying, ah, you know, there's, 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 it's so good. In my opinion, though, I mean, man, should always just be taken as inspiration and just like, wow, there's so much cool stuff you can do, you know, get out there and, and, and just try, just do it. And that's that's kind of been my my philosophy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, so let's let's kick this off and tell us a little bit about uh how you got got started into landscape photography? I know you're also from uh, Colorado, from the southeast corner of Colorado. So I'm curious about um, how that kind of played into uh, influence your influence on becoming a photographer, but also just curious about like a kind of quick synopsis of your journey. Sure. Yeah. So, so I grew up in uh, the very corner of, of southeast Colorado, um, really really small town. I mean, my town had 75 people. Um, my graduating class was four. I mean, literally four. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. And that's, that's an hour, you know, from the next small town even. Um, it's the middle of nowhere. And, um, you know, I, I had this kind of travel bug um, since I was young. My grandpa had traveled a lot. Um, you know, my parents enjoyed traveling. So I started traveling. And then my mom is a professional photographer as well. Um, so, you know, oh, cool. yeah, so, you know, I pretty much grew up with photography and was kind of always around it. She, she did more, you know, seniors and babies and weddings, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, sure. So, you know, kind of grew up with that. Um, and then, yeah, whenever I was uh, 16, I went to New Zealand uh, as an exchange student for a year. And so, you know, of course, beautiful country and took a camera. Yeah, with man. Me. yeah it was gorgeous. It was amazing. Um, you know, took a camera with me, had an, a little SLR, you know, film, of course. And, uh, you know, I was really, you know, that trip and then a couple of trips afterwards, it was really that classic story, you know, that story you hear all the time. I was in this beautiful country. I had really good gear. Um, in my case, I even had a little bit of experience using it. Like I, I had a, a pretty good start on, you know, what the settings did. So, of course, I thought, you know, I'm, 
I'd be getting great images, right? Like these images are going to be so good. <laughs> and like, of course, you know, of course they are, you know, and, and like you've heard and like you, I hear all the time, they weren't, um, they were, they were terrible. <laughs> um, so bad, you know? And, and so I think that's kind of where it all started is those early trips where I was going to such amazing places, really excited to share those places with other people. And, and the photos just did not do that. They, they didn't do it justice at all. So, you know, I think that's what led to that love of, of, you know, that getting into photography was, okay, how do I do this better? How do I learn? And in my case, it wasn't really technical. I kind of had a good understanding of that pretty early on, but it was, you know, how do I, how do I capture this emotion? How do I tell us the story of what I'm feeling about this place uh, with, with a photo? And and of course that's still, you know, I'm still working on it, (laughs) but that's kind of, (laughs) aren't we all? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's where it started. Like, how do we do that? Um, so yeah, so that was kind of the journey, and yeah, start. Um, you know, I I became a full time pro um, actually whenever I was twenty three. Um, so I oh, didn't, wow. didn't really do, I haven't really done any other serious career or anything else really. Um, pretty much started just doing that and just jumped into it. And when uh when 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 was that? Like how long? Oh uh, well, that? I'm almost thirty one now, so. Okay. So yeah. So, so you, what kind years. of what kind of changes have you seen in that time span um, as a professional? It's it's been interesting. I mean, it's it's been incredible. I mean, really, whenever I started out, I mean, there was some great photographers around. There was a lot of great work, you know, of course. Um, but the level now compared to when I started is it, just incredible. Um, of course, I went all the way through the HDR craze. Um, <laughs> Never did it myself. I never, never had an HDR program or anything. Um, but, you know, that whole, I was not a fan ever. Um, but, you know, went through that. And, and now I'm so happy to see that so many people are, are kind of on this kick of, hey, let's make these images really clean and really simple and like, you know, a little more light handed. Yeah. And so, so that's so I'm really loving the, the kind of current trend right now. And it's been interesting to kind of watch, you know, watch all that kind of come and go. Yeah, well, I think, you know, that that was like a a huge influence from Trey Ratcliffe because people, people are really kind of getting on his, his gravy train about like HDR and photomatics. And, and I have the, uh, I personally had the unfortunate um, circumstance of emerging as a photographer during the start of all that. And (laughs) so I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, Like the more fucking crazy, my photos look the better. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. And I look back at some of my stuff from 2011, 2012. I'm like, oh my God, what the hell was I doing? Like, I know, I know. That's <laughs> crazy. Well, like, know, it, uh, it, it's, it's funny for me too, because, you know, we're, we're all affected by what's around us. And, and I remember all the time, you know, my work at, at that time, people saying, oh, your work is so much net more natural and it's not crazy HDR. And you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's not oversaturated, never push, over processed. And now I look back at my work from then too, that was more natural. And I'm, and I said the same thing as you just said, like, what was I doing? What was I thinking? You know, <laughs> this, this processing is terrible. It's so overdone. It's so overprocessed. Um, I mean, it's funny because I, I literally just, just recently in the last you know month and a half, I've gone through and re-edited pretty much every photo again, just trying to oh, make wow. things wow. more light-handed, you know, it, it's such a big job. Well, I just recently, uh, I just recently got into, um, um, TK panels and it's, it's, it's been, uh, it's been enlightening. Like, wow, there's so much power and (laughs) like subtlety and things that you can unleash that, uh, 
I never, you know, I've always been trying to do like by hand and now it's like, there's, it's so much easier with, with a tool that can isolate colors and isolate, uh, you know, lights and darks and shadows and midtones. And so, yeah, it's, I would love to go back to some of my earlier work because I think I have some sweet comps, but like terrible processing. So sure, you you should, man. If you ever have time, like it's such a fun process of just going back and reworking stuff, and yeah, yeah, so many images, even just cropping and you know picking the better image out of your out of your collection that you maybe didn't have the eye to see before. It's it's really Mm -hmm. really cool to do that. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So so you're living pretty much as a nomad right now. Is that right? Yep, 100%. Yeah, um, a couple months ago, um, my girlfriend and I, uh, you know, gave up the lease in the apartment and went on the road full time. And yeah, so far, it's been it's been great. That's sweet, dude. So I got to ask, is is your girlfriend your marketing manager? <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, yeah. I was wondering because I was uh, I was talking to, to Kane because he wanted to know who I had coming up. And I was like, you'll never believe this. Uh, Dan Ballard's marketing manager reached out to me or marketing director. And I was like, and he was like, what? He has a marketing manager. I'm like, yeah, man. And then I got to thinking about it and I was like, I bet that's his girlfriend. Sure. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And it's been great, you know, and it's funny cause that's pretty much what she did in her career. Um, that's she, worked, awesome, she, man. she worked for a huge um, advertising agency and did all this stuff with all these big companies. She was constantly, making really cool stuff happen for all these big companies and the more oh, we thought about it the more we're like man i think this would work really good if you were doing all that stuff you know for us instead for of me yeah, yeah totally, you know? absolutely dude i um, can totally use that myself oh <laughs> man it's so nice so she she's just amazing at it and she's just killing it and just would you get literally just started but she's already got so many things like this lined up and so much stuff happening and it's just really exciting that's cool, man. Well, that's a, that's a sweet arrangement. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, and she loves it too. Like her ultimate goal was to work for, you know, an outdoor company to do, you know, marketing and promotion and all this stuff for some, you know, outdoor company. So it's just kind of perfect for both. So it was a great fit. That's sweet. So what is it like living on the road full time as a photographer? You know, so so it's interesting because I know for a lot of people going to this kind of a shift would be, you know, kind of a major change. I, I was pretty much living on the road before anyways. Um, you know, I just travel so much for work. Uh, I mean, before I went on the road, literally I went for, it was something like a four or five month period where I was home for literally days in that four or five months. Um, you know, I mean, it was in Morocco and Norway wow. and Iceland and you know, all over the U.S. And so I just wasn't hardly home anyways. Um, so, so that was a big part of why we decided to do this, you know, and she was working remote at the time. So she was with me as well. So we just, sure. we just didn't see our apartment. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, you know, the last few weeks that I've been actually on the road, we've been living out of, you know, the truck basically, sometimes in hotels, sometimes in the tent, um, you know, sometimes just out in the middle of nowhere in the back of the truck. And yeah, it's yeah. great. I mean, it's just been just been just shooting just nonstop. So that's been it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people that 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 would really really aspire to do that. But there's you know like I know I would probably personally there would be a part of me that could only handle that for maybe a couple weeks at a time. Sure. Just because um, I like being home i don't know sure. like 
<laughs> yeah, no, abso- absolutely. And, and I mean, me too. I mean, that's, that's the thing. And it's so funny because, you know, so many people look at, you know, this lifestyle, you know, the photographer, the travel photographer thing. And, you know, everybody you meet, you tell them you're a photographer and they, ooh, and, you know, ah, that's so cool and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's so exotic. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I always find myself kind of trying to like tell them like, well, you know, yes, I love my job. It's amazing. I'm so glad I'm doing it. But man, it's really, really hard. Um, you know, the getting up, you know, morning after morning after morning and just constantly being out there and, and not being home. And yeah, I mean, it's, again, I love it. It's, it's so cool, but it's, it's such a challenge. And there's so many things about it that just don't make it the ideal life for a lot of people. That's for sure. Yeah. I cooked the last 12, my last 12 meals on a jet boil. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep, exactly. For sure. Yep. And I mean, it's just so much time, you know, just on a tense and yeah, but you know, I mean, I mean, honestly though, I mean, my girlfriend's amazing and it's, it sounds kind of cheesy, but you know, she's kind of where home is. <laughs> um, so that's pretty, uh, nice. yeah, sure. You know, that, that makes, if I was doing this by myself, it'd be a lot harder. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 No, I get that for sure. That makes a lot of sense. So uh, one of the one of the topics I wanted to talk to you about was because um, you had put it in your email to me and I, it really resonated with me was um, finding unique locations because because that's that's something that I that I personally um, have been really really trying hard to do myself like uh, just finding places that speak to me and not necessarily because it's some kind of iconic. Um, shots you know so i'm just curious what what does that mean for you and what kind of what did that mean what when you read that wrote that to me yeah yeah so it's it's something that you know that i'm really really uh interested in as well and something that i've been you know trying to do um you know for a long long time now um i feel like most most of us a lot of us a lot of photographers tend to kind of go through this kind of progression um, I feel like generally when we, when we first start, most everything that we shoot is original. It's unique. It, you know, we're, we're taking stuff in the backyard. We're going out by our <laughs> house. We're, you know what I mean? We're, we're, just, we're taking whatever. Um, and, and most of the time it's, it's not great, you know, for most people starting off, lots to learn. But we're not necessarily getting good shots. And then I feel like what happens so many times is we kind of have this aha moment. We get online, we start, you know, reading, you know, blogs, or whatever. And we start, we have this aha moment of, wow, okay, you know, like there's all these incredible shots out there. All I have to do is go to that spot and <laughs> I can get this amazing shot. You know, all I have to do is stand in front of, you know, Moraine Lake, um, you know, or Delicate Arch, uh, and I'm going to get this beautiful photograph. And we're, we're, we're so happy about that. We go out there and we, we take those shots. And uh, and then I think what happens is that's all that we end up taking. We just end up getting so many of these iconic shots and and it progresses. Finally, you start thinking, oh, I'm, I'm just going to get the shots that I've only seen one or two people get that. So I'm going to go get that one. Um, but we're not actually creating. We're not actually um, finding and creating our own unique images. Um, and if we can get past that, if we can go to the, the third step in that progression, which is basically, okay, find your own shots, find unique images, find shots that you haven't seen before. Um, and even if somebody else has photographed it before, I've, I've had that happen. I found a shot completely by myself. Um, and then, you know, a month later, saw somebody else has the same shot. That's fine. Who cares? I mean, you, if you found it yourself, that's great. That process of creating something completely original that you haven't seen before, uh, that's so fun. It's so fulfilling. Um, and yeah, like, yeah. It's it's really, um, I it's kind of indescribable. Like, 
Um, especially as I feel like you, when you get, you kind of reach this point where you can start to pick out compositional elements on your own. And then you, when you go to a location that you've never seen before, but you see the potential in it and it, and it's, it's your brain just starts going into this weird overdrive mode. Like, Oh, I got oh, look at that thing over there and like that. And Oh, what if I, what if I use this angle? And like, at least for me, like my brain just starts going crazy. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, I, I had this, I had the same experience that you just described. Like I found this unique location and then I saw someone else had the same shot. I had the same thing happen to me in this last uh, fall colors trip I went on. I, I hiked like, I don't know, like four or five miles up to this lookout up above um, Silverjack Reservoir near Montrose mm-hmm. um, or Ridgeway or whatever. And like, I had, ne- I've never seen anyone else take photos from up there, like way above everything else that everyone's shooting, like chimney rock and all that stuff. And, uh, and, and then I, uh, I, I went, I ran into a bunch of other photographers that I was kind of sort of hanging out with that trip. And, uh, they were like, well, this other photographer who I knew Scott Bacon, I don't know if you know Scott Bacon, but, um, they're like, yeah, Scott Bacon just, uh, just, just hiked up to that spot too, oh, just today. And I'm like, Oh yeah. no, it didn't. Oh, that punk. <laughs> but, but, I mean, but no, it's, but, but, but again, like, like that's not a problem. You know what I mean? Like if you, no, if you, it's you, not, you, it's not, you know, if you, if you went out there, you went up there, you found the shot yourself. Like, I mean, I had that happen just really recently, um, with Ryan Dyer with, uh, <laughs> Colorado with Clear Lake, you know, found the shot and never seen another photograph of it before. Absolutely loved it. And then I can't remember if he reached out to me or if I saw his or somehow we both realized that we had both been in that same location, you know, which is great. My thought was like, oh, wow. Okay. He thought this was a good shot too. score. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I don't did think you it's say, a- did you say Clear Lake? Clear Lake. Yep. Yeah. I mean, not, <clears throat> if you're locals here to this area, you know, like that's, that's a sweet, that's a sweet shot. Well, you know, the shot of Clear Lake itself is, but there's a waterfall that's not far from there. And that's what I'm Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I know so, that waterfall too, I think. Do you know the one that goes back the other yeah. direction? Um, Like right off the road? It's not far off the road. You have to hike a little ways down. But like, yeah, it doesn't know, actually quarter face. Quarter mile or something? It doesn't actually, yep. It doesn't actually face Clear Lake. It faces the other way. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think cool. I know that spot. But there you go. I mean, you, you know about it. Probably other people do too. And, and, that, and that's fine. I guess that's kind of my point. I think so many spots like that, you know, you know, other photographers have probably found it and taken it even, but that's, that doesn't really matter. You know, if you're going out there, you're finding it yourself, you've never seen another shot of it before. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter necessarily that somebody else has photographed it. The point is you didn't see it online, decide to go take the exact same shot as somebody else took, you know, and I think that's the fun of it. That's the fun of getting out there, exploring, trying to find those locations on your own. If someone else finds it great, you know, you saw the same thing, but that's, it's such, it's so fun. And it's like you said, it's so much more challenging. Um, it takes yeah, so I'm, much more, you know, thoughts and, and effort. Yeah. I'm every time I go on a trip now, like I purposely, I don't know if this is smart or not, but it, it's worked out pretty well for me, but I, I purposely don't like look up other people's photos or locations um, or comps before I go to a place because um, when I used to do that, it was like, I was, I was just trying to find that comp and not discover and create my own work. So, sure. um, yeah, I think, I think that there's something to be said about like 
just going in blind and trying to find something that speaks to you. You, you know, and, and so it's funny because I, I struggle with that one and I've gone both ways on it. So, sometimes I'll look just to see what somebody else has just so I, you know, don't take the same thing. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh, okay, this has been shot. This has been shot. Okay. Now, if I see that, I'll know that, you know, that's something I'll avoid. I'll, I'll look for something like, that you know, has been shot before, um, which I know kind of goes a little bit against what I just said. Um, but still, you know, it, it is nice to, you know, find something totally original. Um, but the, yeah, problem, I think so. the problem with that is, and the reason I kind of like what, what you just had mentioned is it, it is nice whenever you show up to a place and if you don't know what anybody else has shot there, if you happen to find the same shot, like, then that's great. Then you, then you did it. Sometimes it's frustrating when you go to an area and you've already seen somebody else's shot and you think, man, if I would have came to this area without seeing that, I'm pretty sure this is the shot that I would have found too. <laughs> so so there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot to that, you know? I mean, really, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a tough, you know, it's kind of a tough thing. It is. Um, and, and I think there's some, some stylistic kind of, you know, some people and I, you know, I think I've kind of killed this to death on the podcast in the past, but you know, that it's, you know, stamp collecting or trophy collecting, you know, I, I personally, I understand why some people do that. You know, it's like, like, there's something about that scene that still resonates when you go and see it yourself and that, and that, and I, you know, that's okay. And, um, but, uh, for me, for my personal, um, why I love landscape photography and why I got it into it to begin with wasn't about shooting what other people have shot. And, you know, when I lived in Oregon, I was doing a lot of that myself for whatever reason. And, and since I've come back to Colorado, like I don't even seek out um, pop. I, I just look for things that look cool to me and shoot them. And if it speaks to other people too, cool. If not, whatever. But yeah, um, it's for me, like that's, that's the fun for me is for sure. shooting for myself. So, well, it really is, you know, and so I, I do a lot of private workshops, a lot of, you know, semi pros and people that are really trying to kind of get to the next level, do, you know, do longer private workshops and, those are really interesting because you could spend a lot of time, you know, with somebody and, and really talking to them and learning about them and learning about their, their goals and their process. And so I've had this conversation quite a few times with people that are pretty serious photographers, um, but that still, you know, go after the icons and still love the iconic images. And there are several people have told me this, that for them, you know, they just don't have the time. They're working full-time jobs. They're, they only have a certain amount of time out there. And so they want to, you know, maximize that time and they want to come home with something that they know they're going to love. You know, they know if we go, you know, to this location, get this shot, it's going to be a great shot if we, you know, if we have some good light. So I, I can understand that as well. Um, you know, you, you definitely, definitely need to maximize that time. Whenever you are going on a short trip, it's really good to, you know, to go and know you're going to get something. But like you said, what I'm always trying to tell them is, well, that's great. That's fine. But it's so much more meaningful if you're finding your own shots. Well, if I guess it depends um, what your perspective is. Is and I, I think it's clear what mine is. But sure. if your perspective as a landscape photographer is that the end result is more important than the the journey of getting the result, then yeah, go after those iconic shots and maximize your time. But for me, that was never for me that's not fulfilling it's it's um like 
I don't know, like it's just not fulfilling whatever it is that I need. And as an artist um, or as a photographer, it just doesn't, doesn't, I mean, I work full time too. I have a wife. I have a, I have a 10 year old kid. I mean, yeah, <laughs> to I, me, I, yep, I agree. Absolutely. I want the experience of discovering a composition on my own. And even if it's not the, as good as that iconic uh, composition it's still something that i that i found myself sure it's yours and that that yeah exactly so yeah um, i agree i agree 100 percent, absolutely but but <laughs> all right well we, we could yeah. talk about that for like two hours right <laughs> yeah next time <laughs> i'm sure yeah, yeah, yeah. so never discuss that with the, with the others on this podcast never 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 <laughs> um so uh Another topic that I wanted to talk to you about that you uh, emailed me, which I was like, hell yeah, I want to talk about that, is um, the importance of a lightweight uh, kit. So tell me about that. Yeah. So, you know, I've been kind of trying to scale things down lower and lower and lower, you know, kind of slowly for a long time now. Um, To me, and this is partly because I spend so much time traveling, I'm always to airports. I'm just, it's just so it's just such a pain to be uh, lugging the <laughs> heavy kit around everywhere. Um, so like, I keep getting lighter and lighter. And literally as of now, I mean, as of right now, the kit is getting way lighter. I don't want to talk about cameras much. And I, I know that's not the point of the podcast. And I, I'm really, really glad it's not. Um, literally um, have a Sony A7R three that was just delivered to my hotel room about an hour ago. <laughs> nice. um, so obviously that's quite a, a big step as far as being lighter. Um, but then going beyond that, um, pretty much my whole kit now is going to just be extremely light. Um, you know, two, two Sony bodies, which, you know, a lot of weight and size right there. Um, the lenses are quite a lot lighter, but beyond that, I'm going to try this. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to love it. I'm not sure if it's going to be okay, but my plan (laughs) is to go with, um, the, uh, the Sony 12 to 24 millimeter. Um, me too. I love that. that Excellent lens. It's small, it's light, super sharp. Um, and, uh, the Sony 85, uh, prime, uh, the 1.8, yeah. and those are going to be my two lenses. Um, that's really, it. that's it. Yep. Um, right now I, I, all I use is a 16 to 35 millimeter and a 7,200. Um, just those two, that's the two lenses I use. I have them for everything. Um, I own a 50 millimeter that I take sometimes, but I really never use it. Um, th- those are my lenses for years and years and years. All I've ever had is a 16 to 35 and a 72 to 200. Huh. huh. My kit's already smaller and lighter than most people that I know. Um, no big filters, nothing like that. Um, yeah. But now I think I'm going to be able to get by just fine with um, just the one wide angle and the 85. Yeah, um, man. Um, so I I kind of went down the similar journey. So when I um, when I got really serious into this, I'm like, I'm going to get the Nikon Trinity. Okay. <laughs> you know, so I had 14... 14- 1424 28 24 to 7028 7200 28 and it was badass but like oh my god like backpacking with that kit is like torture on yourself like absolutely i was killing my back and so um just last year i decided to go the sony route myself after a lot of thinking and deliberation and research because i almost went the fuji route but i felt like the files wouldn't quite be up to my to my liking, so I went the Sony route myself and got the A7R2 and and I'm shooting um, the Loxia 21. Okay. 
and the the fifty five one eight and the seventy to three. That's what I that's what I went with. But I nice. that's a great like, kit too. That's excellent. Yeah, it's not bad. I I've been um I've done it for a year now and I've given it my full like I gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. And I really have been missing the wide, the wider end, like below twenty one, yeah. and I've been missing some of that mid range stuff. So I'm gonna, I'm kind of reevaluating what I want to do, but I definitely want to stay lightweight. So sure. it's funny you mentioned that because I spent probably about twenty hours this week on my free time developing a um, really complicated spreadsheet that. Um, has every imaginable Sony lens, every imaginable Nikon lens, every imaginable Canon lens, and it has all these uh, V lookups, and it pulls forward like the weight and uh, filter size, and it calculates the full weight of your kit. Because okay. I wanted to uh, be able to like, you know, well, if I use this lens, this lens, lens, how much will my kit weigh? So I'm I'm happy to like share that little tool i developed it's cool, kind sure. of a beta it's, but yeah awesome yeah, yeah it's, that's it's kind of fun but um yeah hey. i i'm the same way man like a lot of the places i travel to i need that lightweight um it's sometimes the weight is more important than the focal length <laughs> it, you know well and for me i mean just 90 percent of what i use is wide angle anyways so i'm, I'm just normally wide I've been shooting with the 16 to 35, been dying to have that extra, you know, four millimeters. So I'm so, so excited about, you know, going to having the 12 millimeter. Uh, I've been, I've, I got the, uh, this DA7R2 a couple weeks ago. Um, and so I've been kind of playing with the 12 to 24 on that. And man, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable to me, the difference. Yeah. The same scene. I mean, I, I can do, I, I do tons of panos, um, but the same scene, it's so nice to have that extra, extra width. It's really, really great. Yeah, so one of the things you said you wanted to talk about too was panos, and I was curious about what you meant because I do a shitload of panos myself, and I was curious. Uh, did you mean like? Um, well, I'll let you say it because because I, I think I have an idea of what what you meant by that, but but go for it. Yeah, sure. And, and then just to jump back just real quickly before we move on to sure. that um, with the lightweight kit, I just wanted to also say that um, you know I've also jumped down tripod as well. Um, I'm, I'm moving and moved to a, a really right stuff travel tripod. Um, and that thing is amazing. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, it's basically going to be my full-time tripod now. Um, and that cut the weight down even more. So it's like the whole setup um, between the Sony's and the two lenses and the travel tripod, man, the whole kit is just unbelievably light. It's so small. Awesome. Um, so, so for Panos, I know that this is nothing new and I know that, you know, people have been shooting panos for years. I've been shooting panos for years, obviously. Um, but I feel like everything has changed with panos just in the last, you know, the last year or two, um, just with the technology's ability to stitch them together um, without everything being perfect. Um, the ability, and, and so it's funny because I actually use Lightroom. Um, I've not done the TK panels thing. I've looked into it. I've taken, you know, it's funny you were just had um, Bagshaw on. You know, watch some of his videos. I've got lots of buddies that use them, so I've dug into them a lot. Just not really for me. I see the power of them. I see why people love them. So many people that are amazing use them. Um, you know, I love what I do in Lightroom. Um, I use Photoshop some, but man, I just I love uh, love my process. Um, huh. And the uh, the photo stitching ability, and, and then also I teach so much. I mean, I'm constantly teaching people, and it's so nice to be able to, to tell people and to teach them something that's so easy. Um, I can get them editing and going 
just so much easier than, you know, people that are just, you know, getting into it and that don't like computers, you know, getting into all the actions and everything. That's, oh, that's, a, pretty, sure. that's a, it's a big step. Um, so I love that I can basically say, hey, yeah, these are edited in Lightroom. You know, I spent 20 minutes on this. Um, but Lightroom's ability to uh, stitch panos is amazing, and it stitches the panos as a raw file. So basically, you you know go out there, you take a really quick pano. Um, I don't use a, a pano head. I don't look at nodal points. I, I mean, me neither. Yep, cool. That's good. Yep. I mean, literally, just go out, super quick pano wherever I am, um, put it into Lightroom. You know, stitch it in two seconds. I've got a raw file. It basically it's it's so similar to just shooting with you know with a wide angle film camera. Um, so I just feel like that. So having that ability and being able to do that in situations that I normally wouldn't, I'm not talking about situations that are okay. You know, you're up on the top of a mountain, you know, this whole, you know, 180 degree view, you want that. This is more situations where I would never have thought to take a pano in the past. Um, it's, it's close up, you know, landscape situations where I just want a different perspective and yep. being able to do that pano, it's just such a huge thing. It's so it's been so amazing. Yeah, I do. I do a lot of that too. Actually, like you know, like maybe four or five shots, and then you pull it in, and it, and you pull it into like a four by five perspective. Exactly. But but it's but it's like five photos. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And actually, yeah, I actually learned that technique from my friend Kane. Actually, I was watching okay. him in the field and he was using a 24 millimeter tilt shift uh-huh. and um, he wasn't using it to do the classic tilt shift functions. He was just using it to like <clears throat> keep it on the tripod. And then he would just, um, yep. the he lens. Would just use, yeah, he would just push down the, the lens so that it was like, instead of it would just move halfway down and then he would have two shots. They'd um, line up perfectly. And then it would line up totally perfectly. And it was yep. like a super <laughs> simple stitch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so powerful. And, you know, there's been so many situations, and this has been really great. I, I love this, you know, in workshops. There's so many times, you know, the subject that you're shooting in front of you doesn't necessarily have light over it. And in the past, you know, three or four years ago, kind of like, okay, you know, missed out, go home, didn't get the shot. Now, okay, well, there's light all the way over to my left. Perfect. Giant pano. You know, you have the color brought in. Uh, have your you know peaks whatever on the other side it just really opens up so many doors and allows you to you know to, to really be more creative and, and really capture more of what you're seeing it's been it's been really awesome for sure yeah so um <clears throat> one of the other topics i was curious about was um you said that you had some uh some tips for travel photography and i was curious what you meant by that as well yeah, so you know, I, I do a lot of travel photography, um, and a lot of portraits, a lot of travel portraits, a lot of people, um, along with the landscapes. And in the last couple of years, that's really been kind of a focus. Um, I don't feel like I do that. I say that I'm not really a portrait photographer professionally. Um, you know, it's more of like a hobby kind of within you know photography for me. But I've really just been fascinated with trying to capture people in all these places. Um, so yeah, so just had, just had a few tips, you know, that I've learned over the years that have just really helped me. Um, just simple things. Um, you know, when I used to, uh, you know, try to get a photo of someone, it was almost always an an older person. It was, you know, the grandma, for example. And, uh, you know, you can get a million photos of kids, you know, that's easy. They all, they, they love it. 
Um, but usually, you know, like, like an older, um, you know, woman, generally they're going to say no. You know, you ask them for a photo and I, I never sneak photos. I never take photos with a telephoto lens from a distance. It's always, you know, personal and, and having a good relationship with them. So getting them to say yes, when you ask them to, to take a photo, it, it's almost impossible. It's so hard to get a yes. Um, so just a couple tricks I've learned to, uh, you know, to, to get them to say yes. Um, one of the big ones is, you know, usually, you know, you're in, you know, some country overseas, you're in, you know, Cambodia or someplace like that, or Peru, and everybody's kind of outside, everybody kind of lives, you know, kind of, you know, in, in the alley, kind of in, on their street, everybody's talking. And what I'll usually do is I'll see a grandma, you know, sitting back in the corner somewhere that I'm dying to take her photo. I'll never go up and ask her for the photograph. Um, I'll always find, you know, the kids that are in the area first and I'll start taking photos of them. I, I don't want the photos of them at all. Um, but I'm going to start taking photos of them. We start laughing, start joking, start showing them the photos. Pretty soon, you know, the older people come over, you know, the middle-aged people start taking photos of them or laughing or joking. And I'm truly kind of building this great relationship, you know, with, with everyone in this neighborhood. And after a little while, I mean, so many times, you'd be amazed how many times um, somebody will actually go, you know, get the grandma or, or, or bring me over to her and say, oh, you know, take her picture. Um, so many right. times I don't even have to ask. Um, and, and so many times she'll say yes, because, you know, you're not just taking a picture of her. You're, you're shooting everybody. You're taking photos of the entire street. Um, so she's not singled out. She doesn't think you're taking a photo of her because she's older. Um, so, you know, that's, that's just an amazing trick to, uh, you know, to get them to say yes. That's amazing. I mean, I thought you were going to say that you just need to be ridiculously good looking. <laughs> well, well, you know, I mean, that, that helps, of course. Cause, cause, of course. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't know personally. I wish I, but, I, wish I but, knew yeah. about that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, that's um, good advice. I mean, uh, I mean I, I've, I've shot a few weddings and like, it's kind of similar. Like you have to just kind of let kind of show people that you can be trusted, you know, like, and then they start to realize, Oh, this is just a dude that's here to take pictures and he's, he, he's having fun. So I, I think that's sure. pretty cool Absolutely. advice. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and then overseas as well. I mean, so many times, you know, nobody, nobody really likes a picture of themselves or most people don't, especially if they're, you know, if they're poor, um, if they're older, you know, they assume that you're probably taking a picture of them for bad reasons. And, and that's unfortunate because, you know, I see, you know, an older, an older you know, lady, I'm thinking, wow, she's, she's gorgeous. You know, I mean, I'm dying to capture, you know, that, that beauty, you know, so it's not negative at all, but they don't necessarily know that. So breaking that down and, and, you know, so many times I'll approach anybody that's doing anything. Um, I'll always approach them and, and ask them and, be, and show an interest in what they're doing. Um, you know, if you're at a market, if you see someone that's out working or cooking, you know, just going up and start starting a dialogue, showing, you know, start talking to them about what they're doing. Ask if you can take a photograph of what they're doing instead of of them. Uh, there's a good chance they'll say yes to that. That makes and then sense. Yep. And then once you've kind of started, it's, you know, once you've started that, then you can generally back away and start actually photographing them um, and they're more, more comfortable with you and that's okay. And, and then once you have that situation, that's whenever you just take a ton of photos. You know, that's when you really, really, you know, move and change angles and get them to look away and, you know, ask them, you know, wait till they start talking to their friends. And you know, that's whenever you get, you know, a hundred photos of that person. And then one of them hopefully will have that amazing expression that you're looking for. So I'm curious, um, since it sounds like you, you know, you kind of, you don't just do landscapes and you do some of these kind of um, travel type photos and street photos and things like that. Um, 
what was it that drew you to 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 shooting those types of scenes um, versus sticking to landscapes? You, you know, I think the thing is, I, I kind of started off more as a travel photographer, almost more than a landscape photographer. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And that was I was taking landscapes overseas, but it, I always kind of wanted to blend the two. I always wanted to blend, you know, landscapes and travel. And I always wanted to kind of have images that would really share the places I was going. Um, and so it's funny because at the, at the time and, and still to this day, I love images that um, basically are a big landscape, but that have a person in them. That's kind of always a big goal of mine is to find a great scene that has a beautiful landscape and then has some cultural element to it. In the last couple of years, that shifted a little bit to where I've started to look at people. And I noticed so many people that take travel portraits um, they're generally just portraits. They're a portrait of, you know, the person. And and a lot of times people, they might be an incredibly good photographer, incredibly good at capturing portraits, but they don't necessarily have the, uh, the knowledge um, of arranging elements, you know, that a landscape photographer does. Um, that's sure. all we do is spend time arranging elements. So I thought, you know, I really want to start capturing people, but taken more like a landscape photographer would. Um, so basically having a person and then using the surrounding elements, you know, the, the house, the buildings, trying to arrange those just like I would a, a big landscape scene. Um, so a lot of my travel portraits have been almost like this environmental portrait type situation where, yes, I'm looking for the person, but I'm looking for the background and the arrangement of elements as much as I am the person. Well, it's just like basically storytelling, right? Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. You're trying to tell a story. You're trying to show that person's life. You're trying to, and, and a visual story as well. Right. Um, just like with landscapes, you know, trying to tell that story of this is the place. This is how I want your eye to move through this design. This is where I want you to end up. And, and that becomes a really, a really fun, incredibly challenging kind of process. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's super helpful. I'm actually, um, Someday, hopefully, I'll be able to use those tips. <laughs> I've actually <laughs> yeah. almost, I've, uh, the only foreign country I've ever traveled to other than Mexico is Ireland. So, okay. um, nice. but I'd love to see some of these more exotic locations someday. We'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm sure you will. And I'm sure you'll love it. I mean, that's, it'll be awesome because you'll be going there with, you know, such a good handle on photography. So many times yeah. you go to these places before you really, you know, have a handle yeah. on it and then you always want to go back. So. Right. And you're like, Oh, I don't have $4,000. So I guess I'll yeah. wait. <laughs> yep, for sure, for sure. Well, cool, man. So, um, another topic I wanted to talk to you about, um, is, uh, you know, just what do you, how do you feel about the current state of landscape photography? I mean, it's, uh, it's to me, it, it feels kind of like a roller coaster if you pay a lot of attention, but I, 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 I want to know what kind of what your perspective is as coming from someone who's kind of more of a, you know, you've, you've, you're kind of playing the long game, so to speak. Sure. Yeah. You know, so, so much of it's good. I, I mean, I, I love it. I, I know there's, I've talked to some other, you know, some other fairly, I won't mention names, but some other fairly big, um, you know, big pros recently that are just a little down on things right now and, and they're kind of struggling with things. And, and I, I don't see that or share that, I guess. Um, I really love where photography is. Um, you know, again, I mean, I'm just seeing, you know, so many of these guys out there that are just so good. There's so many amazing photos. And 
that's just awesome. I mean, it's so cool to see that. And again, it really inspires me. You know, when I see that, I'm just like, man, I want to take it up a notch. I really want to get better. I really want to, you know, really want to, you know, push things. Um, it was a big part of going on this trip for a year. It was like, okay, I can really take this seriously and really, you know, take the work up a notch. So, so I like where things are in, in a lot of respects. Um, I do see some of the struggle and I do see why there are some issues. One thing that I find interesting, and I mentioned this to you kind of as a possible topic, is, you know, everything these days by a lot of these, you know, incredible photographers is, is so dramatic. The images are so, you know, they're just so intense. Uh, and, and I love that in so many cases. It's awesome. I'm so impressed with so many things I'm seeing. But at the same time, because we're seeing so much of that, um, I think there's now becoming a really, really great place for the quiet, soft, subtle images. Um, and, and I love those. And, and I'm taking a lot more of those. And again, with the processing and, and also just, I feel like there's so many incredible photos that can be made that are quiet and that are clean. And so, so I guess I'm not, I'm not taking this, this incredible, this incredible drama stuff that's going on. I'm not looking at that as a problem. I'm just saying, okay, there's a lot of that now. It's amazing. I'm going to continue doing, you know, some of that myself, but I also love the fact that it kind of opens a door for some more traditional, just kind of basic kind of clean, you know, beautiful images. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because one of the observations I've had recently is a lot of the big names that I look up to in terms of their um, photo- photography, they're they're shooting a lot of really intimate scenes that you know you really you have no idea where the shot was taken. It's you know it's like a leaf on top <laughs> sure. of a bunch of mud cracks or or like um, or it's like <laughs> drone footage that you don't yeah. really you can't tell that it's drone footage. Um, I feel like those people, they're like, yeah, I'm done shooting like the classic landscapes. I moved on to shooting like telephoto abstracts and crazy stuff like that. So it's, it's interesting to see where, where people that, that have kind of been the pioneers of that dramatic, um, landscape scene, what they're shooting now. And it's totally different. Sure. Absolutely. And, and again, I think that's what's so great about this. I mean, as you kind of, you know, get comfortable with something, it could get good at something. And then it's kind of like, yeah, moving on to something else that's going to be the challenge and something else that's going to allow you to you know, show your creativity. And at this point, I think it's great because we, as landscape photographers, there's so many amazing things that we can do and that we can share. And, and you know, regardless of the type of, of photography that is, it's, it's really cool. It is cool, man. I, I'm kind of with you. I'm, I'm more on the optimistic side, I guess a little bit. Like, I feel like the, at least compared to where I feel like it was, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago, there was a lot of copycat and, um, although there's always going to be that, but I, maybe I was more sensitive to it, but I feel like now you see a lot more originality emerging in terms of, um, um, not processing necessarily, but, um, the, the types of scenes that people are presenting as um, as their best work is definitely shifting. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Well, and, you know, and it's interesting for me, too. And like I said, you know, getting into this, you know, a long time ago, it's funny because whenever you're talking classic landscape photography, I, I think you kind of referred to 
you know, the big dramatic scenes. And for me, that's not necessarily what I consider classic landscape photography. Um, you know, that to me is kind of a bit more modern. So in my opinion, kind of, we're kind of almost going back to yeah. what was being done before that. It's back to the future. <laughs> you know, exactly. You know, so like, <laughs> I, I mean, I went through a whole phase where like all I was shooting was, you know, intimates and details and like all that stuff. And, you know, so it's, it's really interesting how that shift kind of goes back and forth and it kind of comes and goes. Yeah. And, 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 and again, I love that. It's such a fun, I don't know, just such a fun aspect of it. Yeah. So, well, you've listened to the podcast some, a few times, so I'm curious, um, you know, you probably know it's coming. Uh, so based on the name of the podcast, F-Stop, <clears throat> Collaborate and Listen, what kind of advice do you have for other landscape photographers? Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess we've already kind of covered kind of the main thing that I would say a little bit. And, and, and that is, and this goes along with one of the problems that a lot of people seem to see and you've kind of alluded to, it's so easy to kind of see all this incredible work and to kind of get a little bummed out by it or to think, ah, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be there ever. Um, and I think that the biggest advice is I would say, you know, don't do that, you know, be inspired by it, um, learn from it, and then go out there and just work hard and have fun with it. Um, and, and also keep in mind that, you know, we've seen, I mean, as we just were talking about, the style is changing. Uh, what people are finding good is changing. So go out there and, you know, do your own thing and, and create your own work and just, you know, be solid. Don't get caught up in social media. Um, you know, that, that's, that's been something I've been, I've been kind of out of the loop on social media for quite a while now, really getting back into it now, um, which, is, which is great. Again, the marketing director is helping a lot with that. <laughs> um, so, you know, so I'm actually enjoying that now, but taking a break from it and just focusing on doing you and just, you know, working on just making great images and having fun with photography, ah, man, you know, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. And just not, don't get bogged down by what other people are doing. Just love what you're doing and, and have fun with it. And yeah, create great images. Yeah. That's, I think that's awesome. I, I had to convince myself of that advice a couple of years ago because I was really bummed out. And ever since I've just focused on only caring about what I think looks cool, it's, it's like a, it's, it's like you, it's like you're carrying around this backpack full of rocks and then you're like, why am I carrying around this backpack full of rocks? I can just drop the backpack and it's just, it's so relieving to not have to worry about any of that stuff. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, and then and there's just so many kinds of, you know, I'll, I'll bring up Guy Tal as a, as a great example. I, I know um, Guy pretty well, you know, spent a lot of time talking to him. Conversations with the guy are always really interesting, always really, really deep. Yes. Um, yeah. But, you know, you look at Guy's work, it's such a good example. It, a lot of his work is not necessarily the kind of stuff that's going to be put on the Internet and, you, yeah. know, go to the, you know, go to the front page or, you know, necessarily garner tons of interest because of its, you know, how dramatic it is. Um, and, of course, it's it's amazing. It's really, really, really good. Um, it's beautiful and quiet. And, you know, it's more about his thoughts. And, you know, so that's just such a good example of someone who's doing some really amazing work, not necessarily going to, you know, obviously he has a huge following because of his writing and because of all these amazing things he's doing, but the image itself might not necessarily, you know, shoot up to the top, but it's still a beautiful photo. Yeah. So I think that's such a great lesson that it's really, you know, what the internet says is good. doesn't necessarily mean much at all. Yeah, I agree. It's, and it's easy to get caught up in like trying to chase that. And it's to, my experience has been, it, it it's a zero sum game. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for um, sure. Maybe it's because my photos suck, but that, that's been my <laughs> no, experience. Yeah, I've, been, I've been really, been really <laughs> enjoying it. Yeah, it's looking, looking really good. Oh, thanks. Um, so who would you love to hear on the podcast? Oh, wow. Um, hmm. Man, I mean, so many, I mean, a lot of people you've already interviewed are, you know, are people that I definitely would have, definitely would have mentioned before that, you know, Guy and um, a lot of those people. Hmm. <laughs> you know, someone that comes to mind overseas is Bruce Percy. Not sure okay. if you're familiar with Bruce yeah, Percy. Yeah, actually, um, I actually reached out to him a couple of weeks ago. Um, so hopefully that'll pan out. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I'd love to hear from him. I mean, his work is just, it's so beautiful. And it, again, it's another, another one of those guys that's it's such a quiet yeah, kind of feel. and It's, it's really, different really, too. It's, um, it's kind of more of the classical style for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because like, I feel like he's definitely somebody that I've always, you know, since the very beginning, you know, kind of looked up to and respected and I've always loved, you know, loved what he's doing. So that's, that's awesome. Is there um, anyone then, who's, yeah. who's off the, who's off the radar that people maybe may, may not know of that you would write, that you would like to hear? You know, it'd be, are you familiar with uh, Mike Anderson? I'm actually not. From, from Colorado? Really? No. Uh-uh. Mike, Mike, Michael Anderson? Uh-uh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Check, check Michael Anderson out. You know, he's a, he's a, a doctor. Um, I think a surgeon maybe. Um, okay. Michael, if you're hearing this, sorry if I got that wrong, but um, yeah, you know, he's been, he's been, um, you know, in the game for years and just is doing some excellent, amazing photography um, for a long time now. And so, yeah, he's, he's very, very much off the radar, but excellent photographer. Sweet, dude. Well, I really appreciate. I feel like he influenced a lot of a lot of the people now that are really getting into it. I feel like he had an influence on, if I'm not mistaken. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. I'll have to check his stuff out. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Well, man, um, it's been really fun to have you on the podcast, and uh, you know, I feel like we could probably talk for hours, but you know, we got we got to end it somewhere. So, thanks so sure. much yeah, for. <laughs> for coming on from your hotel room in Pager, Arizona. Absolutely, absolutely <laughs> man. Thanks for having me. I really, really enjoyed it. It's great. Really, yeah, really man. curious to hear what you should bring on.